Tell the name of this thing? It's Wayne's World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-shoe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Ballsy Marathon for today. We are knee-deep in a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to do about six podcasts this week, aren't we? I am Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day DFW, joined by my two knuckleheads, Kevin Sherrington. Knucklehead number one. Barry Horn. Clown number six. Yeah, there you go. And on the hotline right now from, I believe, it sounds almost like his shower, uh, David Moore, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for the newspaper and the website. Hello, David. Come in. I feel like I'm in knee deep at the moment, but hello, I guess. <laughs> Evan, you've got you have got Evan speechless. Congratulations! Thank you for and being thank, thank you thank you for being on the podcast. We'll thank see you tomorrow. You. We'll yes. you have done what you were supposed to do. All right, hey David, remember last week when you took us inside the Cowboys draft board and all that stuff? Never mind. Well, when I was forced to, and I gave many many cautionary and provisos in the list. Oh, don't yes, do uh, don't that. give us any of that bull crap. Let's just face facts. Let's start all over now since the, the first <laughs> round, number one pick has been traded. Uh, how did this affect the Cowboys, David? That's what I want to know. Oh, I think it has a dramatic impact because I, I think uh, under this scenario, it's hard to envision. Well, one, the Rams would not have moved up there and given up what they did if they're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, now you have Cleveland at number two. If Cleveland doesn't take a quarterback, any of those teams that desperately wants one, whether it's San Francisco, Philadelphia, you know, pick your list, is targeted number two to move up to get the quarterback they want. So I think in this scenario, I don't see one of the top two quarterbacks being on the board when the Cowboys pick at number four, which removes that argument. Now what it does is it, it frees up uh, there's a chance Jalen Ramsey slips there, but you're also staring at uh, Laramie Tunzel, who's the best offensive tackle in this draft. Uh, you did not envision a scenario where Tunzel would have been there at four in the past. You can envision a scenario where he's at four now, and he absolutely in no way, shape, or form fits what the Cowboys need or their thinking. So the perfect guy. could be the best player on the board. There's yeah. no way they can take him, correct? No. And, and this, to me, this is a great argument because so often this time of year you have uh, your, your draft purists who say, you know what, teams get in trouble when they go off their board. It's you just set your board, you go best player regardless of position, and you always take him, and then you work it out. But in this case, that's just not feasible because when you look at the resources and draft picks they have put into the offensive line position and the money they have put into that position, the money they will have to continue to put in that position going forward to re-sign Travis Frederick and Zach Martin and Lyle Collins, when you look at all of that, you can't devote that much uh, those many financial resources to one position in the NFL and still have that balanced team throughout. So there is no way the way there is no way that the Cowboys with the team that it's currently constructed 
can use a the number four pick on the draft to supplement their offensive line. It makes no fiscal sense whatsoever. So then would Bosa be completely out? I don't think he's completely out. And I, I, I'm a little perplexed by all these people who, who seem to have uh, just shrug their shoulders at Bosa and go, ah, well, he's not... You know, he's not a real sexy guy. If they don't want to get Bosa, so what? I'd rather have Jalen Ramsey at, at four. Um, I just think Bosa's a, a very solid, a very good player, and is universally regarded as the best defensive end in this draft. Uh, now, you can quibble. Is he the, should he go at number four, or does he fit more in line with number seven or number eight when you look at terms of talent? Well, all of, all of that's great, and you can say, well, he's closer to seven or eight. But, you know, if, if you don't take him at four, you're not going to be there at seven or eight to take him. So I don't know that that's that big of a reach if that's who you want at number four. I think he's still in play. I think he's still in the radar. But I think what the Rams move did is make it more likely that Jalen Ramsey is potentially there at number four for the Cowboys. And now uh, that factors into the equation as well. All right, let me ask two questions here, David, because Evan will cut me off before I can get back uh, to the, the other question. David, it's been ugly in here today. But, but, but first We're, of all... We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there, yeah, but go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, there is no way that Cleveland doesn't take a quarterback, is there? Oh, I, I, I see a way where Cleveland, if... You know, if Cleveland can get the sort of package or come close to the sort of package that Tennessee got uh, from the Rams in order to drop down, I, I can see Cleveland dropping down to the uh, seven, eight, nine range, or, or maybe down in, into the early teens if they get some additional first round and second round picks. That that is a roster. That is a talent deprived roster, much like the Titans are. And if you're not sold on golf if you say you know what well let's drop back maybe i'll go into the 12 range i'll take a paxton lynch there and still supplement uh my roster by picking up these additional second and first round picks going forward uh, i think they would look long and hard at doing that all right let me rephrase kevin's question there's no way that the number two pick no matter it's who takes it yeah. is not a quarterback I think that's the best way to phrase it because because of what the Rams did, you have to go to number two now. If if you had if you have on your board that that golf and uh, Wentz are your top two quarterbacks, and there's a drop off down to Lynch, uh, you can't you can't in good faith or conscious believe if you don't get to two that that quarterback's going to be available. That is now the spot you have to get to. All right, now that I get to ask the second part of my question, <laughs> was that going to be... Which Barry will then rephrase yeah, so it makes sense. Okay, go ahead, Kevin. Oh, thanks I, very much. Tune in for Ballsy Divorce Court. Yeah, it, it, it could very well happen. <laughs> Is that, uh, as I wrote last week in, a, in my quick take, the, uh, the situation comes... Let's say it comes to the fourth pick. The Cowboys still have that pick. It's on the board. Larry Mitunzel is still there. No, they don't take Larry Mitunzel, but someone may want to take him. you got Baltimore at, uh, I believe, at six. Uh, Correct. Uh, at seven, do you have uh, is it San, Francisco? San Francisco? San Francisco is seven. Both of those teams are teams that could use a quality uh, left tackle, a guy who's a, who's a, a premier talent. Uh, to me, that's when, and we're all very nervous about uh, advocating that, that Jerry should trade down because Lord knows he loves to do that. Um, 
But in this situation, if you could pick up a third rounder and trade down to six or seven, which is only a couple of spots down, uh, then and if Tunzel is there, and, and, and that's saying if Jalen Ramsey's not there, then, then I do that. If I can pick up a third rounder in what is considered a pretty deep draft, but not particularly a top heavy draft, I would do that if I could. Barry? Oh, I, I, yeah, I think that's in play. Yeah, I think that's in play completely. And the, the, the key here is how far are you going to move back? I know people will say, well, look, Tennessee clearly still wants Tunzel. Uh, what about, you know, Tennessee working out and taking some of that? that package deal that they got from Rams and, and pushing it Dallas's way to move back up uh, to number four so they can get Tunsil. My problem with that is that Dallas is dropping to 15, and I think the talent plateau drops off well before 15. I think if you drop out of the top 10 to 11, I think you're looking at a, a different equation as far as how, you, how you're trying to build this draft because I think the, the top plateau – only goes 9, 10, 11 deep, and then there's a drop-off after that. Do you, do you, do so, you, if, so if Tunzel's sitting there and you can move back a few spots, pick up an additional pick, and still remain in the top 10, yeah, uh, I say go for it. But if you can't do that, I, I think you, you, may, you may be sitting there at, at 12 or 15 or wherever it is saying, well, boy, this, this picture looks a lot different than what we wanted it to coming out of number four. Do you have Ezekiel Elliott in your Top shelf in your top ten? Oh yeah, he's clearly. I, I, I think uh, I, now, based on on what you see the position now, and, and based on really relative to what people are saying compared to Todd Gurley last year, who went number ten, uh, I would put him toward the bottom of that plateau. But but he's certainly in that plateau, no question. So the if, the, if the Cowboys could trade down and still get Elliott. How would you think? What would you feel about that? A third, pick up a third. I I have long maintained that I I understand their stance that they have put so much into the offensive line that they feel and and in some part they were they were borne out on this last year where Darren McFadden doesn't even start until week seven and winds up as one of only four or five rushers in the league to crack a thousand yards. Uh, that this line can make a, 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 very, a good back very good, a very good back outstanding. And I, but, see, I, I would take it one step further. I would say if you, this line can also make an outstanding back special. And if you believe that Ezekiel Elliott is an outstanding back, he can be special behind this offensive line, I would do it. Um, but, but I just don't. With what they've done this off season, uh, with adding Alfred Morris, with with Darren McFadden in place, uh, with the crying knees they have on the defensive side of the ball, it appears to me they're going to approach it more with a com- a veteran committee approach this year to get their yards and address the running back position in next year's draft going forward. And if that's what they do, David, you know, and as as I've said all along on this stuff, look, none of us have looked at these players. None of us have the capability of looking at these players and say, which one do you think is really going to be special? We just kind of have an idea. But if you if you gauge that, uh, you know, the Cowboys have to look at this realistically and say, what are other teams saying about him as well? Is this, is this a guy who's going to be have Adrian Peterson-type numbers? Is this guy going to be the next uh, Emmett Smith? Is he going to put up those kind of numbers? 
is, is that possible? To me, this is one of the things you will look back on four or five years from now. If, if he has 7,500 yards five years from now, and people will say, you know, the Cowboys didn't draft him because they signed Alfred Morris. That's one of the kind of things that everyone would laugh about five years from now. That, that, that's how crazy the Cowboys were. They signed Alfred Morris, so they thought they didn't need the greatest running back in the NFL. And, 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 well, I'm just saying if that's the way it works out. Right. I'm not saying that it is going to work out that way. I'm just saying if it does work out that way, if he has that capability, because everything is setting up for the Cowboys, as you said, with this offensive line and what they can do with it. And that changes everything because we saw how, how good did DeMarco Murray make this defense look two years ago? When he was when he was carrying the ball and dominating, they were you know they they kept the defense off the field. This max effort defense that Rod Marinelli has, it made everything work when he was there and playing. And of course, it made a big difference with Tony Romo being there as well. That's, I think that's that's even a bigger key. If if you have if you have Zeke Elliott running the ball, what does that do for Tony Romo? Absolutely, that's it, key. What's more Romo friendly than than a running back like that? So I, I'm not sure, you know, uh, I think they, it's an excellent point about Darren McFadden because he, he did basically start, how many games did he start, six games? Uh, he wound up starting, uh, I believe, yeah, he wound up starting uh, eight overall, I believe. Yeah, yeah so eight, eight games and he runs over 1,000 yards. That's unbelievable that you can put up those kind of numbers, and that makes a big difference. Yeah, the fourth leading rusher in the NFL last year was Darren McFadden. Yes, but, the, but my point is is that can you get a difference maker on defense? Is, is Jalen Ramsey, I mean, I, I think Jalen Ramsey may be the best player in, in the draft, but can he make that kind of difference on this team? You know, uh, and, and to me, that's where you have to go with this pick. If, if they're going to keep the fourth pick, who is the biggest difference maker here? Yeah, and that's you know that's what they're sorting through because you know we brought up Bosa earlier. You just brought up Ramsey. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Uh, clearly, he is the best defensive athlete in this draft. I think everyone will concede that point. Uh, he's a special athlete. He has a very good feel for the position. He can play either corner or safety. Now let's go to the question mark. Only three interceptions. You know, if you're that talented, if you're that much of a difference maker, should you have made more of a difference in college? You look at Bosa, you're not as excited by his sheer athletic ability, but look at his production in college. He's clearly the most, you know, productive of the defensive ends you look at. So you're, you're weighing different arguments here on who's going to fit in and do best. But I go back to your initial point, and I think that uh, uh, this is underrated too much. I, I think that I, I believe a franchise running back is also a very good defensive pick for you. And we go back to last year, and we're talking about what McFadden did, and, and he, he exceeded expectations, no question. Uh, again, a guy to come in as late as he did and to be the fourth-leading rusher in the league on an offense that couldn't pass the ball tells you how effective he was. But now let's let's dig into those numbers a little bit deeper, and let's look at what the Cowboys did on third and one, third and two, third and three. With DeMarco Murray, when they had a more balanced offense, DeMarco Murray was picking those up two out of every three times, which is a phenomenal percentage. Last year, McFadden and whoever was running on third and one or third and two was getting shut down. So I do think uh, that the level of back makes a difference. And if you pick up three more first downs a game, your defense is off the field longer, doesn't have to play as many snaps, can go full speed when it is on the field. So uh, 
Yeah, this is the other thing I wrestle with too. How 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 much of the Cowboys' dramatic defensive drop off last year was based on poor individual performance defensively, and how much of it was based on the fact that offenses were never threatened. Uh, that they knew Dallas couldn't beat them in a scoring battle. They came in very conservative, didn't take any chances, uh, didn't put themselves in a position, never found themselves behind where they had to force the issue. Uh, how much of Dallas's defensive decline last year statistically was tied into a completely inept offense? I, I think it's pretty significant. So I don't know that the defense is in as bad a shape as it appeared coming off of last season. I think it's a reasonable to say, wouldn't you, if you, because, look, in this draft, they're going to pick up a defensive player. It, whether it's the first round, whether it's the second round, they're going to get a pretty nice defensive player to plug in somewhere. Uh, and, and, and I think it's reasonable to assume that this defense will be better because, for, for another reason, Tyrone Crawford was hurt all last year, mm-hmm. played with a bad shoulder. Uh, I would assume that he will be a better player than he was uh, this last you year. You better hope he is. Well, they gave him a big contract. They gave him the big contract. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I think it's reasonable to assume those things about that. But I, I think you're exactly right about this on this defense is that, uh, you know, what you're talking about is the lack of turnovers. They didn't get any turnovers last year when the team's not having to force the ball down the field, as you said, because they're being uh, offensively conservative. Now that, that just compounds the Cowboys' problems. Well, I'm going to bring my friend Rick Goslin into the room now. Goose. Not, not physically, but. Spiritually, spiritually, spiritually into this wow. room. Here's what here's what Goose would have would say now. Goose. Who's who is going to get the sacks on this defense? David, answer Goose. <laughs> he said he says that's the key. The, you know he would if he were here he would argue somebody has got to get sacks on this defense. Who is it going to be? That is a key. Based on what you have at the moment, you're talking to Marcus Lawrence as your leading sack return guy with eight. Randy Gregory, your second-round pick last year, who will miss the first four games. Um, you know, you have to have who got no sacks last year. You have to see him come on and have this sort of rise in the second season that Demarcus Lawrence did. Uh, who went from no sacks in his first season. I think he's much higher now than he was last year. (laughs) 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 Okay, all right. Because usually that's Barry's province to do that kind of thing. Um, Barry's Barry's jokes are much more. You guys mentioned him earlier. Yeah, that's true. Brian Crawford is the guy that's going to have to step up. I mean, this is a guy, you know, the, the right defensive end and the three technique defensive tackle which is what Tyron Crawford, they paid him big money to play. He has to get 8 to 12 sacks, or this, or the line, the way it's, it, way it's constructed, it's just not going to get the pressure it needs. Go back a few years to a guy who just retired, Jason Hatcher. Jason Hatcher, the first year Rod Marinelli came in, had 11 sacks, a career-high 11 sacks from that three-technique spot. Uh, Tyron Crawford hasn't come close to duplicating that. Since he's been here, he needs to break out and, and have that sort of impact uh, this coming season. But can the simple guy here ask a simple question? If you I need am to so improve glad we're not a TV show the now. defensive line, why not draft a defensive lineman? With your pig, yeah. See, and, and this goes back to 
we can talk about all these different constructions and who they should take here and if they do that, who they should take in the second. If you want to step back for a second, I, I, I strongly believe that after the first three rounds of this draft, the Cowboys need to come out of it with a defensive end and a quarterback. Now, the third player, you can, you know, and where that third player is taken, whether whether that third position is taken in the first round or the second or whatever. But I, I firmly believe that the Cowboys need to come out of this draft with a quarterback and a defensive end out of their first three picks. And however you get to that equation, you do it. But, David, it's got to be the right quarterback and the right defensive end. You know, just just a quarterback. Well, listen, uh, trust me, with the Cowboys, well, well, many but, times but they've approached but, but, it with the wrong. Right. Well, but well the, the, the thing, too, I, the longer you wait, the longer you wait to take a quarterback or a defensive end, the less likely it is they're going to have a positive impact on your team. So in my mind, if you don't take them in the first three rounds, uh, I mean, of course, all of this is predicated on taking a guy who can contribute. Right. But, look, they, you know, the last two years they've taken defensive ends at the top of the second round. If they don't take a defensive end in the first round this year, I believe they'll take a defensive end in the top of the second round. Well, All right, so well, well, what, what, does say, it, what does it say about the defensive ends that they've taken in, in the second round the last two years? Uh, I believe that's Lawrence and Gregory who you're uh, referring to. What does it say about them that they're still looking for a defensive end? Well, I think Demarcus Lawrence is that answer. I think he's pretty good. I, I think he, he showed enough improvement, I think, over this last year that he's going to be a pretty solid defensive end. But, see, I, I wonder sometimes if, if, if Joey Bosa isn't just isn't – is he really better than DeMarcus Lawrence? He is rated – going into this draft, he is rated higher than what DeMarcus Lawrence was going into his draft, yes. Correct. You know, there's no question about that. But I'm just wondering, if, 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 on production on the field, because – all right, I, let's take what you were bringing – the point you brought up a while ago about they need to take – they need to get a quarterback, they need to get a defensive end – and what was the third position you wanted, David? That was it. That it was, was two positions. Any, two positions. Any, any other? You know, oh, in the top three rounds. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you take if you don't take a defensive end in the first round, what you're talking about is drafting Noah Spence then in the second round because that's an that's a guy with probably first round talent and and with a, a lot of baggage that, that goes along with it, which they obviously did with Randy Gregory uh, last year. Um, do you take Noah Spence then with with the third pick of the second round? That's a that's a difficult uh, decision because, like you say, there are some issues there. You just took a guy in the second round last year with some issues. How many of those are you going to stack up? Yep. See, I I don't think that I don't believe that Noah Spence would be the only defensive end left on the board early in the second round if he is there early in the second round. Um, but he might be the yeah, best. The one. Cowboys have to be careful with this too. I mean, you, you can have a you can have a run at the end of the first round on defensive ends, and then you're sitting there, and there's there's no one to take. <laughs> well, when you're up at the top of the second, so. Uh, but if you're not going to take a defensive end in the first two rounds, I'm not sure that the guy you're going to take in the third round you're going to feel all that good about coming in and, and stepping in and making an immediate impact. But to me, this is where they have a very tough decision because if you don't take a quarterback or a defensive end, if you don't take one of those two positions with your fourth pick in the first round, then I think you're really strapped because I do think they need to come out of those next two rounds 
with a quarterback and a defensive end, and you may have just put yourself in position where it's not going to fall that way, and you're and you're unable to do it. All right. So let's say that they go. Let's say they trade down and and still are able to stay in the top ten, and they they grab Zeke Elliott, or let's say they go Jalen Ramsey in the first round. Uh, Kevin went over Noah Spence. What are the quarterback prospects in rounds two and three that would be realistic? Because well, Paxton Lynch will be gone by then. I, I I've got to. I wouldn't be surprised if Paxton Lynch makes it twenty in the first round. I, I just think that once those first two quarterbacks go, there are so many teams that need a quarterback that I, I just don't see him sliding too far out of the out of the middle of the first round. I, I know a lot of people say think he's a second round talent, but once the top two go, that that position has such a premium and there's such a shortage in the NFL, uh, I think you're going to see a team jump up and do something. Um, you know, Dak Prescott is a name uh, a lot of people like, and uh, w- with good reason. Uh, I think Dallas likes him a lot. Uh, that is somebody you look at. But we, uh, now we've, uh, we've talked about Dak Prescott on this. On, we've talked about him on this. On this, I'm having a problem with my speaking today. We've talked about him on this podcast, and we've 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 talked with him with with Babe, and the idea of just his general inaccuracy comes up, and that would seem to be an issue for a for a quarterback. Well, it's you you analyze his his motion. Uh, you also factor in that look, can we work with him, and can we improve this? Because this guy's not going to have to play for us in theory for two to three years or until so, the, sh- the collarbone breaks again yeah yeah so uh but again dallas is clearly proceeding down this path that you know wh- whether you agree or disagree with it their plan is structured on you know we've gone too far down this road with tony we have to we have to we have to finish this out with him right uh you know, I, I think from a financial standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, they're at a place where they're not looking. It's, it's, it's much easier for us to say, "Hey, look, they can't, you know, they can't count on Tony for more than one to two seasons." Certainly, five is ludicrous. They look not, at it. Not to no, the owner. We've got to tie it all in the now, you know. And so, uh, so they're looking at uh, Prescott not from right now, but from is he. You know, can we develop his motion? What we don't like, can we? Sh- make can him we more shape him? Yeah. Do we have the time to do it? I don't have a problem with with Dak Prescott taking the Cowboys taking him. I think taking him in the second round seems awfully high. I, I, I'm thinking to me that this is one of those times where, where, as our old pal Goose always says, trust your board, stick with your board, don't panic, don't do what you did with Quincy Carter and get all excited and, and jump up around earlier than you needed to to get him. Um, and, and if, if to me. Uh, if they take a defensive player in the first round, if they take Ramsey or Bosa, then I think it because of the moves they made in the offseason, it frees up what they can do in the second round. They could do something. They could do something offensively if they wanted to. Uh, or would they? Let me ask you about another quarterback. What about Connor Cook? I mean, I know there were questions about him also uh, coming out of this draft. He's certainly a more. He comes out of a system that's much more pro friendly than the one that Dak Prescott played in. Uh, and there have been a few quarterbacks from Michigan State that are playing that are playing in the league. So, w- do you have any idea what the Cowboys think of him? Uh, they like him. Uh, I-, I think the names to keep in mind 
in the third round, and this is, again, dependent on who's there, but the names to keep in mind in the third round are Dak Prescott, uh, Connor Cook, and Christian Hackenberg, Hackenberg, excuse me, from Penn from State. Penn State. I, think, I think those three guys uh, you should keep a close eye on in the third round. I, I agree with you. I don't Jumping up to the top of the second round to take Dak Prescott doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think Dallas is looking that way. Uh, I, I think the most likely scenario is they get their defensive end in the first or second round and their quarterback in the third. Now, if you wait after the third to try to get a quarterback, your your return on investment is drops way off the board. So I, I just don't see them waiting. Beyond, if they're serious about a quarterback, and I do believe they are, uh, I just don't see them waiting beyond that third round. And those guys are, are potential in the third round. And and I'll, I'll throw out one more, uh, Brandon Allen from Arkansas. Brandon oh, Allen. Oh, Kevin, now you've woken Kevin up. He's excited. Even, even with his little bitty hands, you like Brandon Allen in the, in the second Hey, round. hey. The next president of the United States may have little bitty hands too. So, a fe- she's a female. And, and, and Tony and Tony Romo also has. I believe that that was the, that Brandon Allen and Tony Romo are the two guys who had uh, that the span of their hands was less than nine inches. Do you know what would make Kevin really happy? What's that? If they brought the tight end from Arkansas, with Hunter him. Henry. I tell you what, he's a, he's a <laughs> tremendous tight end. He is a he is a Jason Witten starter package. Okay, now we're in a tight end talk. David, listen, this has been enjoyable right up until we got into tight end talk with Barry and Kevin. Um, you sound very enthused about how the conversation has gone. Uh, listen, it was, uh, like I said, I learned a lot, and then Barry and Kevin decided to start talking about tight ends and, and all that stuff. So uh, we – what would you, What would your mother say about tight end talk? Don't talk to me about your ends. Oh he loves to, oh he loves God. to do his mother on the we, we you know what I think we should have her come in My mother can't come in We tried to take her out to lunch on Friday it did not work Can we well. take the pod if if can we take the podcast to your mom then You know Dan Lebertard has his dad on TV that and on radio. It's really worthwhile. And we can have you with your mom. She can sit right behind us like 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 uh, Mr. Like Lebertard. Dan, like Mr. Lebertard does. <laughs> and nod. <laughs> It'd be great. Um, Super. I, I, it is amazing. If you you know, you walk into a restaurant and that show is on on the TV screen and you sit there and there's no sound and you look at it and you say what is the purpose of this old man nodding constantly? <laughs> That's what Barry's doing. He's over here. <laughs> I can sit behind you. I can sit behind you too. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I like that. Barry is nodding off. Oh, is what he's oh doing. okay, okay. Uh, David, so in in less than two weeks, we won't have to do any more draft talk. Are you excited about that? I yes. But then we can analyze the schedule, perhaps. But, yeah, we, we can go game by game on exactly what's going to happen. Actually, David, on you know. November the 17th. David, John Machota has already done game by game in the morning news. <laughs> what we're going to look for you to do is quarter by quarter. Yeah, there you go. All right, here's where we are going to ask you, Dave. We're not going to ask you to go game by game, but give us a record for the Cowboys next Who are they going to draft? No, no, I need, another, I need a record first. <laughs> This gonna be a good a record. Play. Yeah, give me a record. I believe they are the best team in the NFC East. I believe ten and six is not only realistic, but should be expected. 
David, I'm down with you absolutely on but both so, of those. So, both th- of those David, picks. what you're predicting, in effect, is that the quarterback, the starting quarterback, will play 16 games. No. He doesn't have to play 16. He uh, could play yeah, 14. 14? 14? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll go with 8-8 eight and eight and just be safe for the time being. 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not predicting here on April whatever we are. Oh, be a man. I, Come on. I, still, I have to go home and predict what my taxes will be before. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm hoping that you've already filed all No. That. Have no? you? They should have been filed. The extension. Right. We filed today, the de- returns back. You got, well, today the, deadli- the deadline is today. We're... It, we're, we're here on Monday. The deadline to file is today. I've got plenty of David, time. Well, David, when you've got the kind of money that Barry Horn has, it, it takes a long time to figure this all out. Yeah. Yeah, there's moving and shaking, and that's just when you get to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, well, it, it, David, thank you so movement. much for uh, – There's no question when you factor in the what the Dallas Morning News pays per word – that Barry beats everyone on our staff. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Barry's crying right now. He is crying. David, I am through defending you to, to these guys. That, that, is, that, is, that is the end. That is the end of this. David, this has been some this of your best. This has been your best work, David. This has been your best podcast work, guys. That right there oh, was oh, your oh, best quickly, podcast work. Quickly. Quickly, my end with a uh, a non-football Cowboys draft-related note. Sure, sure. How large is the gap between the top four and the bottom four teams in the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference? Oh my God! I say it's it's, it's more <laughs> than than five through eight. It's more like one through four and sixteen through twenty. The four the four teams that lost their opening games in the West: the Mavs, the Grizzlies the Rockets, and the Blazers lost by a combined 116 points. You know, right now you sound very (laughs) Fraley-esque. The fact that he had numbers to back up his argument, is that what you're saying? You have a very specific number. I think there's an agenda at work here. (laughs) Can I I end on uh, a say something that has nothing to do with the Cowboys also? Sure. I would like to congratulate Earl Spence, the welterweight from DeSoto, Texas, who I predict will be the welterweight champion of the world by perhaps by the end of the year and will be the next big fight for Floyd Mayweather. Okay, Junior. Kevin, what would you like to end with? I'm, just, I'm stunned by that one. I, I, what? Why, are you, why are you stunned? Did I don't you see know. the fight the we, other night? We're just coming out of Yeah, he brought up the NBA. I, I, I brought up a guy that everybody uh, – David, what will – what do guys in the locker room or in the clubhouse like to talk about? Boxing, correct? They love boxing. Boxing and WWE. Yep. 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 They love it. So. so should we start talking wrestling then? Is that what we should do now? There, we had 100,000 people at Jerry World a couple oh weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. I believe Jerry Fraley, who you brought up earlier, called it the greatest event he's ever covered. <laughs> he did! <laughs> yes, he did. And Jerry will also let you know that there has never been a betting scandal in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, there is not. There is no betting in wrestling. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything you'd like to end no, with? No, that, that's all. Really I, here's the end. Evan, tell us what else we have going on on the podcast this week. Also, David, also on the <laughs> podcast this week, for being a guest on Ballsy, B-A-L-L-Z-Y. Z-Y. How can you get it? Where, where can you subscribe to it? You can subscribe to it in the iTunes store and the Android store. Our other guests this week, David, were uh, on the Rangers and uh, Major League Baseball podcast. We had 
Jake Kaplan of the Houston Chronicle to talk about the Rangers and Astros rivalry, and Mark DeRosa from MLB Network and a former Ranger great to belittle Kevin. Uh, on <laughs> that the, was not true. On the Stars podcast, we visited with Mike Heike, who informed us lots about the goalie situation. Don't bring it up. Don't say what he said. And Don't say it. Relatively speaking, how horny goalies get. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, your, yours has been a great podcast. And really, this is, again, one of our incredibly awkward and long goodbyes. But, David, thank you for being with us. Thanks, thanks for a G-rated podcast, David. A little awkward on the dismount, but I enjoyed it, guys. Oh, the dismount. I get it. Oh, my gosh. There's an ESPN reference. So long, everybody. See ya. No, it's a ticket reference. No.